Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Poppy Ajuda, and welcome to The Power in Us, a podcast where I use the songs of my debut album to propel into conversations around feminism, social change, mental health, empowerment and so much more so stay tuned for big chats with inspiring people This song is called Mother's Sisters, Girlfriends, and I'm chatting with Harriet Rose. Harriet, thank you for joining me. Poppy, it's my pleasure. Really excited to have you on, especially for this song. The song that this episode is based around is called Mother's Sisters, Girlfriends. It is a song about, I guess for me, my life in general, I think has been based around rejecting things that I felt have been put on me. And I guess the idea that society sees us in relation Mm. to our proximity to men a lot of the time as their mothers, their sisters, their daughters. And when there are conversations around domestic violence or abuse or whatever it is, it's often like, oh, but like, imagine if it was your mom or your sister or your your daughter. And it's like, that really irritated me because it's like, I'm a human. Like, why can't you just like respect my value as a human before anything else? I've never thought of that. That was literally like... The impetus of the where you made it from. Yeah, I mean, it's also a song just about like doing things your own way and that yeah. being fine and not having to, you know, like you don't always have to want children. Like I think I had a lot of conversations when I wrote this song with friends who didn't want to have kids mm. and what that what they would experience when they would say that in spaces. Like even I am scared to say, because I want kids, right? Mm. But I don't know if I want kids. I feel like that sometimes. Because I was with somebody for eight years and I was like, we're going to have, we just, we'd spoken about it. We're going to have kids. We're going to get married. And obviously I'm, was dating a woman. So it was not the, you know, it was a decision we had to make, you know. And then think about it. Yeah. And we didn't stay together. But then when I'm not with her now, I'm like, but how do I know? I think, this is an interesting point on that, right? Mm. I think unless you want to have a child alone, which I think is great as well, if you want to like, as Mm. in go through the process of, you know, having a sperm donor and and choosing to have a child. For me, I might get to that point, but also I feel like I don't know if I want to have a child until I meet the person I want to have a child with. This is, I I think that's 100% it. I think like all things that are meant to be, you know when you know. Yeah. And I think we have this tendency to want to control things in life. We want to plan ahead. I am the biggest 
planner and like overthinker and like literally my mind is a hundred miles an hour at a time you know same (laughs) sometimes I'm like Poppy really like stop but it's no but it's a good thing as well because it's like you're thinking and also you have been brought up in a society where you have been told you need to have a child by a certain age Mm. Whereas I've had the example, like my couple of family members have had children, like one of my family members had a child at 39 and then at 42. So for me, with the career that I lead with, lead with? (laughs) Career that I lead with, no, my career, I need a bit more time. I don't want to have children I think most women need a bit more time. Yeah. Like there's sexism and the world is like mostly against us. Yeah. It takes a bit longer to get where you want to get to, especially if you're not a woman who... Like it's prescribed to the the norms of society, which you know neither of us do in a lot of ways. Physiologically, like the way you present all the time, the way that you talk, you're opinionated, you're like loud. So am I. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting thing for me at the moment because I'm single, and <laughs> everybody, Harriet is single. I'm single, <laughs> ladies. Just drop that in there. I literally do that so constantly. It must be the most ick. I've given so many girls the ick by. Being I'm going like, to make I'm a compilation single. of yeah, like all, all the times, times you I've said. mentioned I'm single. Um, but it does mean that like recently I've been thinking about things like, you know, about, mm. cause I used to get told at school when I dated boys, which I do still find men attractive. I just don't find them romantically attractive. Mm. Like I don't want to be with a man, but it's just because I'm emo- I'm emotionally so attracted to women. Yeah. But, but I used to get told all the time. And I think this might be part of the reason why I'm not as attracted to men. Mm. You're too much. You're too loud. You're too mm. this. You're too that. Men aren't going to like you because of this. 100%. But now I'm kind of thinking like maybe it's the same with women or, or non-binary people. Like it's like maybe I'm too much for a lot of people. Well, I think you'd be too much for the wrong person. Like yeah. I've definitely been too much, too loud, too opinionated, too, like 100 percent. You're yeah. not with the right person no. because there'll be harmony and you you can grow with someone. Yeah. And yeah, like you're not, it's not that you should never receive criticism. Like, yeah, we should, but- Oh, and I want to. Yeah, but who you inherently are is who you are. Yeah. And that should be celebrated by whoever you're with. Yeah. But it's funny that you said that about the dynamic between attraction, mm. because I feel like before I had any like meaningful relationships with women, yeah. I felt like that. I felt like- Just sexually attracted to yeah, women. Yeah, I felt like my emotional relationships could only be with men because I guess I had had more experience and I understood the dynamic Which of makes sense. how that could be. And but the world has also told you, yeah. you should be with a man because it's easier. Mm. You'll have babies easier, you get yeah. married easier, your your life will be easier. Mm. Um, and on the topic of, of the song, that that is the, the constant conflict. It's like, okay, if I choose to do life a different way, then am I gonna kind of get, come up against all of this stuff? You know, all of this like backlash. Yeah. Not backlash, we're not, it's not. A celebrity Daily Mail <laughs> article. Please. <laughs> no, but it's true. And it's like, also, I still receive, and this is what's interesting, because I am a, I'm a privileged person. I'm white. I, I have a good job. I am lucky to do what I love. But I still receive homophobia. I still mm. get shouted at in the street. I still get called the F word. I still get, like, and it's like, so when people talk, and just a side note, like, just when people talk to me and say, like, I just don't understand why we have to make such a big deal about gay rights, such a big deal about pride. And I'm like, because if I'm privileged and Mm. I'm in a good position in in like, and I'm aware of that, Mm. and yet I am still being targeted, what are the people that are in much less privileged positions Mm. who don't have the the resources to be able to fight back in the same way that I do? It's about creating awareness. And it's like, that scares me. If you're in a safe place to talk about it, 
to shout about it to you're constantly normalizing something that for someone watching it in a small town or a country where being gay isn't legal yeah you know or even just there's restricted ways of of womanhood or, or the idea like being non-binary isn't even a thing in that place and yeah. you can't even express who you are at all then that might trigger a mindset change uh i don't know you of know freedom and also yeah. the thing that i get the most and this is what makes me so proud because people my best friends and i love this joke my best friends always make the joke of like like one of my friends texted me the other day he's like i've got a table for us at the bar and I've already told the waiter you're gay, so don't worry, you don't have to do it when you get here. Because he's like, because I do, I do. It's like something I talk That's about so all the time. And it's for that exact reason. Yeah. Because I get messages on Instagram from people's mums. And like, they're like, hey, like, thank you so much for talking on Kiss Breakfast about. And it's not like I go, hey, guys, I'm a lesbian. I just go, yeah, yeah, oh, my well, God, I really fancy Doja Cat. You kind of do. She kind of, yeah, yeah, I do. But like on breakfast, <laughs> Who doesn't fancy Doja Cat? Yeah, and on breakfast, the boys will be like, oh, Harriet really fancies Doja Cat. And it's so normal to mm. two straight men talking about that with me. But I think also, like, for you, I don't know about, like, for you personally, but for me, saying, the act of saying it makes me feel whole. It makes yeah. me feel grounded. It's like I'm accepting myself in a which is different to the time when I did when I couldn't accept myself. 100%. I've gone the other way. And I was watching this TikTok actually the other day, which I was crying at with laughter because it was this girl and she was like, you know, a lot of gay people say, I just want people to not even blink when I say I'm gay, but I want people to praise me. I want people to tell me I'm amazing. I want people to clap when I walk in a room. And I was like, that, it, it, and it's obviously that's a joke and it's not how I but feel. But you were like, that is me. But I was like, but I was like, but also I do want it mm. to be celebrated. Mm. So I am going to say it and I am going to make you uncomfortable if it makes you uncomfortable. And amongst your peers, you do celebrate it. Yeah. It's really normal for you and your friends to celebrate who you are, mm. who you fancy, like what you're doing. And I fancy a lot of people. You know, in this world. <laughs> and I like to celebrate that. Just going back to what you said earlier, I've never thought about what you said, but I say that sentence all the time. Imagine if it was your sister. When mm. I'm explaining something to somebody. Well, it's the easy and, way and, to help them see you as a human because men can be so self-centered. Yeah. It's like, let me give you an example that is someone you care about. Yeah. Like. What if it was me is what I say? What if it mm. was me? Because it I usually, a lot of the time I'm explaining this to someone close to me and they're like, well, yeah, of course. Like, and it's like, but if that is your answer, mm. if you wouldn't want it to happen to me, then why would you want it to happen to anybody else? Mm. And I think that's an overriding arc that I've never thought about. Never thought about that. But actually I do say that a lot when mm. I'm trying to explain something to somebody. I feel like my whole existence is just wanting to not have pushback for being who I am and that pushback being gender-based is that like often the friction that I experience is because I've cut my hair or when I start, started growing my armpit hair yep. or like when my dad took me out of boxing because I was the only girl in the class. Like there... I have so many memories of moments where like I wanted to do something and I was told that I shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And that felt like it was only because I was a woman and that never made sense to me. And it's interestingly, as a child growing up, I had two older brothers who had very little interest in me. Love you guys, both of you. <laughs> but they had very little interest in being my friend, if you know what I mean. Because mm. I was kind of six years junior to my older brother, three mm. years to my other brother. So a, a good portion yeah. of, of age. And I became a boy. Like, I became in every way a, a little boy. As in I cut because my you hair wanted to fit in with them? Because I wanted to, Well, at the time, I really thought, I really questioned whether I wanted to, to be a boy. Mm. And then I recognised as I got older that 
that never went anywhere and I never, mm. that was the thoughts in my head and they never went anywhere because that wasn't what the journey was for mm. me. The journey was that I wanted to be treated the way that they were treated. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to play the games that they played. I didn't mm. want to play Barbies. I and you didn't to, want to feel different? No, I wanted to play detectives and mm. G.I. Joe and also potion making, which is my favorite I, game. That was same. Favorite game. One day we should do some adult potion making. Oh my oh, god, I would. Is love that not that. just called drinking? Yeah. <laughs> we can Let's do- go to one of those um, w- wizarding potion making drinks places. Is that a thing? Yeah. I'm, I'm so down. But yeah, so I really wanted to be a boy, cut my hair like a boy, I look like a boy, and when mm. when I'd go into shops, and my mum found that quite difficult in mm. the sense that she never ever tried to stop me. Mm. She never even said to me. She used to sometimes say like, would you wear a dress? Mm. But that was the, I never felt restricted. I never felt like she was trying to stop me from being a yeah. boy. Um, but it, but in a way she, like as I she got She was kind old, of testing the boundaries or kind of. Well, she kind of just was excited to have a girl. Yeah. She had two boys and, and she was excited to have a girl. And then as I got older, I became very feminine and she mm. was like, oh, it's nice. Cause I can now, I have something in common with you. Which yeah. I didn't have much in common with the masculine side because she wanted to, you know, mm. put me in dress, even though, as a woman, she's quite like it's interesting, strong and masculine. Yeah. In in because like she went to work every single day. She was like a big HR person mm. at a massive, massive company. Both her and my dad worked. My dad was extremely. He was very masculine in the sense that he used to do everything with his hands. He was very physical, but mm. as a man, you know, who would I know this sounds silly, but it, you know, this is thirty years ago. Mm. Sit with his legs crossed. Didn't have a problem if he were gay, straight. You know, yeah, that yeah. Kind of, like you know, he said to me when I was thirteen. Oh, by the way, I've spoken to your brothers as well. If you're gay, like we don't mind, as yeah. he said that to each of us. Which and is I was really like, amazing. Well, I was like, I don't even know what gay is, but yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and like, oh, someone said that to me. Yeah, but and 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 so I was and I so in that sense, you could say my mum was more masculine than my but, dad. But it's interesting but, that she saw her connection to you as, as being, dresses. but as being based in fem- hyper femininity, when you probably have actually more in common in who you are. You're such a hard worker. You're a career, like, and focused person. Yeah. You've probably got that from her. And she's like me as well, in the sense that she's very, she's too, she could be perceived as too much mm. by people. Like, she's she's a lot. She's got a big personality. Mm. She's very loud and, like... I find it really interesting, people that find women too much because I've never heard anyone say that about a man. Like a man who's too much is charismatic and that is really attractive. They're charismatic, they're assertive, they take up space in a room. Like I feel like a man who's not like stereotypically like societally attractive can become very attractive if they are confident and they're like loud and like, do you know what I mean? Do you know what, and do you know what I've been thinking recently, right? is a little bit what, what you said earlier about how the right person will be attracted to me. I don't give a shit now. I really don't because yeah. I know I'm a good person. Mm. And as a human being, I'm kind, I'm caring. Yes, I can be annoying as fuck. Yes, I can be loud. Yes, I can be too much on a night out and some people don't like, <laughs> some people don't vibe it, but I'm okay. But you know your value. But I'm okay with knowing that I'm a good person mm. at heart and I would never ever hurt someone deliberately. I can take acknowledgement and I can take ownership for my bad behavior and mm. also for my accidental mm. bad behavior. And I think- And be able to say sorry, apologize. And be, oh, oh, take, oh my God. Taking accountability is one of my favorite things because mm. you know why? It relieves so much stress and anxiety from you to go, right, I can now see where I messed up here and how I could have done mm. that better. And I, it allows the other person to as well. It's that same word that we were trying to find earlier. We're trying to think of a word, <laughs> everyone at home, the word where you make someone feel relaxed, you 
That's the word. Yeah, it's that. Someone. What is that word? You someone. I bet there's someone at home going, oh my God, it's this. Yeah, literally. So that word. Tweet us, hashtag. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but seriously, I hope someone at home is screaming that. I, I agree. I agree with you. And I just. You, everyone is freed because when you lose your ego, both, everyone is able to be actually real. And I'm such a, In even though I'm loud and I'm brash and I say things that shock people. But like, why shouldn't you be? Yeah, true. Like, but, why is it a thing that you even have to say that as if like, those are the negative points to your kindness and your compassion and like, that's hello, so that's true. what makes me fun. Like, you think yeah. I want to be a boring as fuck person? That's so true. Who's dry. Well, it's taken me, I would say, I would say you start really cognitively being aware of your kind of personality at like, what, 13? So it's taken me a good 15, 16, 17 years. But that's because... To be okay pe- with it. People have told you all your life that you're not supposed to be that way. And that's... I'm in the middle of getting diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. And I'm almost 98,000% sure I have it. And it explains a lot of why my brain... Why I'm good at presenting. Mm. Why I'm good at like interviewing people. Because I can... My mind is going 20 times yeah. faster than anyone else's in the room. Mm. And, you, and you have that energy. Yeah. But, but, it, but it's taken me a long time to forgive myself for being. That. I feel like people who have ADHD are kind of the best people in creative industries. Oh, without That's what a doubt. You need. And it's interesting, when they're not ADHD, they're a lot more business-minded. Mm. So they're like creative people who are entrepreneurs as well. Because mm. I'm certainly not. To be honest, I went on a couple of dates where both people said, do you have ADHD? <laughs> I was like, you can't say this to me. No, but you know why? It's so interesting you say you can't say that to me. Why? Because we just met. You can't diagnose me Oh, no, not diagnose you. Sorry, I mean... But yeah, I might do. I am being quite distracted by all the people around while we're on this date. But Maybe you're get... just not that interested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, my thing is, when I say that to someone, it's a compliment. So if I say, oh, have you ever thought you might have ADHD? Well, as in, this isn't on a date. This will be, we're having a conversation. They go, I mm. don't know why I'm feeling like this. And mm. I say, well, it's funny because I have similar feelings and it's because I have ADHD. I'm mm. not saying that you do, but... And it's the same with autism. Um, Because maybe I've got autism, I have no idea, I haven't done the test yet because it's a long waiting list on the NHS. But the stigma, Mm. but but knowing now that I think I have it and I I know so much about it and it's made all of my life easier, why I hyper fixate on things and people. Well, it's just understanding yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like when the stigma is taken away from any of these things being dyslexic, dyspraxic, ADHD, like autism, when that stigma is taken away, you are allowing yourself to actually understand who you are and understand why you behave a certain way. And then when you're with someone and that something doesn't align. It makes it less painful. Yeah, because you and can work through it. it genuinely does because when I experience rejection in relationship, which I do because I am a hard and fast lover. <laughs> I love these like catch lines, these yeah, tag lines. honestly. No, but when I'm a hard and fast lover in the sense that I trust people very quickly mm. and I fall very fast, mm. which is something I'm working on. And now I'm much better at being like, I'm, I just cut people out of my life now. I've become a lot more like that. Well, I have a problem with, I listen to what people say, not what they do. Mm. So I, I, I will be with somebody, whether it's relationally or in a friendship, and I'll be like, but they said this to me. They said that they really mm. like me and they want to go on a date, but they don't actually take me on a date. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that makes me feel sad. Mm. That makes me feel upset. So why the fuck am I sticking around? No offense to them. 100%. doesn't mean they're a bad person, but it means that they do not align with me. And I think that sits in this idea of being a woman. I don't know about you, but I feel constantly the need to people please all the time. Make sure everyone likes me. Make sure... And there, mm. I've got mates, like one of my really good friends who's a presenter, she does presenting on Kiss and I love her to pieces. 
and she doesn't give I love people like that and she teaches me though yeah because she will go shout out to Nira I love you she will sit to me down and say, why have you attached yourself to this person mm. who has clearly shown you? Well, it's probably some kind of childhood abandonment. Well, yeah, it is abandonment stuff. issues. Yeah, sure. we, we all have that because I do the same thing where yeah. I get attached. And I also used to do the same thing of, I think it's also when you're an earnest person and you're honest, yeah. you would always say what exactly what you feel. And maybe you know yourself well, so what you say is what you mean. Always, always. I'm so honest. A lot of people... Don't say what they mean. No. And a lot of people you know, do just lie. I, that was a shock to me. I remember someone saying that to me, like, you know, people lie. That's another, by the way, and that's like, another symptom of having more towards ADHD vibes. Well, for me, I'm obsessed with fairness. Mm. Like things being fair and people being yeah. fair. Maybe we change the word ADHD and we say a creative mind person. Mm. Because that is what really it is, isn't it? It's yeah. just a different way of thinking. But that's something I really struggle with is when... I've literally, the amount of times, like, I've been told, someone said to me, I love you, and then they've gone and dated somebody else mm. 10 seconds later, and I'm like, what? But mm. you said the words, I love you. I've been there. I cannot comprehend, because to me, one plus one equals two. Mm. One plus one does not equal Ever. nine. Why yeah. are you giving me nine? That yeah. makes no sense. Because people say shit they don't mean. But I think you're right. I think that idea of cutting people off, and maybe it seems harsh, but it's that, I always say life is a set of choices. Yeah. The choices you make now determine what your future is. Yeah. Every choice you make every day. So if I'm choosing this, I'm choosing my future. In a weird and way, even like me getting this coffee is me making a choice that's going to impact my day, that's going yeah, to impact my week. Which weed. might mean that you drink coffee for 10 years. Yeah. So if you don't want to drink coffee for 10 years, you should stop drinking coffee now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, same as smoking, same as drinking, same as anything that and doesn't it, serve it you. Means, it means choices feel very imminent and that's important for me because I want to have purpose in life. But you always have the choice to take responsibility for how you want to feel. Yes. And someone else yes. can make their choice for how they want to treat you, but you have to also accept it. So when I when I went to therapy after I had my breakup of my long-term relationship, I took responsibility for every time that I didn't walk away. Because mm. it was a really nice, like, mm. I still love her as a friend. Like, um, you know, we still care for each other. But I had to sit there because it was so painful. I didn't understand why. Mm. I was like, I had to take ownership and go, well, I should have. Because... Mm. You know, not to overshare, but she walked away and I maybe should have walked away too. Mm. Whereas I was there going, what? Yeah. What? Whereas, you know, and now I've learned. And now, yeah. three years later, I'm fucking walking away. So mm. if someone comes at me with half ass energy, I'm mm. like, honestly, God bless you. You're just wasting time. But like, I'm, I'm like best friends with one of my exes. And she said to me, I was texting her about this girl who was making me feel so sad. She just texted me back and she went, Harriet. There is eight and a half million people in mm. London. And also I reflected on the fact that I'm best friends with one of my exes who I hold in mm. such high esteem. So if I'm best friends with one of my exes, I can't be that much of a shit person. Mm. Like in the sense that, you know, when you're like, I really like her. Yeah. So. Well, it's not about, it's never about no. you. Unless you're like really a, a crazy shit toxic person. Yeah. It's not usually about you. It's about the person and what they want and maybe they're not ready and people show you who they are mm -hmm. we just don't see it people show oh, you I who they are red flags yeah and my, my one of my best friends alice she's a she's an oracle of advice and she will start to tell me the red flags she will say okay mm. i'm and then she'll air them to me she's like very knowledgeable about dating she's dated like especially because she's dated a lot of men mm. her experience is much worse than mine because of you know, mm. the dating pool of men, not to, not to talk about men negatively, but I think dating apps specifically, mm. they use them for oh a different God, reason. Apps, yeah. And, yeah. 
And she always highlights them to me. And now I said to her, I was like, firstly, I've decided to be single for a while. I don't want to date mm. any. I don't even want to go on a date now. But also recognize those red flags. And actually, when she tells me them, not go, oh, mama. if I'm making up excuses for someone two mm. weeks in, dead it. You need a friend like that. I Everybody know. needs a friend like that who will actually, instead of, will be objective about like what's happening rather than emotional about what you feel. Because I think when you feel in love or you're obsessed with the idea of something or you're obsessed with the future of what it could oh be. Oh my God, the idea of someone that doesn't even exist. Yeah, you ignore, like, if you're an imaginative person, if you're a romantic person, you're gonna do that yeah. naturally. And you need to know that that's your bias, yeah. which means that you won't see certain things or you won't acknowledge them. You see them, but you don't acknowledge well, them. Well, I'm a hopeless romantic. And as I said, something massive that I learned in therapy was she was like, you don't listen to what people how people make you feel, you only listen to the words that they tell you. Mm. So I literally will hear someone say, I do want you, but they will actively not come and see me, not make mm. plans with me, not. And then you feel anxiety or you feel... But I then they text me and I go, oh, but they do, see? Mm. And it's like, no, that's different. It's different ways of showing. And it's not their fault. That's mm. the other thing is it's not to go, you're an arsehole. It's like, no, it's... No. But that, that's their choice. It's not a value judgment. I, I don't actually generally judge people. Like... That's your choice and you're on your journey. And maybe you're, same. you're not in a space where you can commit to someone or maybe you're not in a space where you understand yourself well enough to communicate how you feel. And I've been there. Yeah. Because I remember being on a dating app and going back on my matches and going, what the hell? I've missed out on all these lovely girls mm. because mentally I wasn't in the right place to date. So I was swinging around everywhere, mm. not replying to people. Mm. I've probably made people feel rubbish. But I, I haven't think, responded. I think also when you're in that situation where you're not feeling good or you're not feeling like you're getting what you want from a situation, like I think an, another way to detach is not to make this episode all about relationships, but yeah, yeah, yeah we'll move it, on. We'll it move is, on. is also to think about, put yourself in that person's shoes and would you do that to someone? Yeah. And how would you feel doing that to someone? Cause that's going to help you, 100%. I don't know, empathize with like, actually if someone like won't text you back or like, Everybody has their phone in their hand all the time. I'm sorry. If you don't yeah. want to text someone, you don't want to text them. If I you agree. want to respond, you want to respond. That's where the base level of if they wanted to, they would does make sense. But what you have to detach from is it being your fault. So yeah, when exactly. they say if they wanted to, they would. That is true. 100%. But it's, but it's down to their own trauma and their own personal situation. And I totally agree with the, the texting back thing. But again, it's about reflecting and going, but I don't think that's got anything to do with me and that's not serving me. And recently mm. I had a girl that I was messaging and I realized I wasn't in the right place. I texted her and I said, I'm so sorry. And she texted me back and she went, wow, what an amazing mm. thing to happen in this day and age. Not to like bro my own trouble, but she was like, thanks for just being honest yeah. with me. People always and, appreciate honesty. Cause she was like, honestly, it's just a, it's vile out here on these dating apps. Well, you have like, to be quite brave to be honest. And, and a lot of people don't have the guts. Even me sometimes. To say how they feel, to have an awkward conversation. Yeah. To like, just get on with it, man. Sorry, um, I've now used this as therapy because I'm single, in case I didn't mention it. <laughs> so talking about that concept of tradition and obligation, yeah. like that, I talk about that a lot in the song. Mm -hmm marriage, long-term relationships. Do you feel that pressure of obligation and tradition? Did you find that at home in your family dynamic that like comes through now? Like you talked about having babies later in life. Mm -hmm. That's something that I thought about as well in terms of one, my career will always come first. Everyone knows that about me. Yeah. But also you have to be in a, a, a mental position, an emotional position to bring up a child. 
And actually, I, I saw a statistic that a lot of pregnancies now are a lot later in the in the kind of geriatric space. I think I'm geriatric now. What are you, 98? 33. I think I'm a geriatric pregnancy, yeah. Wow. Not that I'm pregnant. I'm, honestly, that would be a Mary <laughs> Jesus miracle. Growing up, my parents were extremely connected. Mm. My dad died when I was 17, but they were so in love, mm. like snogging in front of me. It was very That's clear so to me cute. that they had a sex life. Never, never was, luckily never like accidentally walked in on them or anything. But I love hearing stories like that because you really don't hear that very often. No, in my year at school, I was the only one. I think there was another girl, my best friend, whose parents were still together, but not as snoggy as my parents. Mm. My parents were definitely the one where people would come over and be like, what gross. on earth? <laughs> no, weirdly, because a lot of my mates' parents were divorced or their dads weren't mm. around or their dads had passed away. Yeah, like you want to see it modelled. Yeah, and they'd see it and they'd be like, wow, you know, whatever. Mm. So I grew up with this like intense romantic depiction of romance. So when I realised I liked women, I cried for like two full weeks because I was like, wait, what? Who didn't? I'd also never been fully fulfilled with a man. I'd mm. ne I had this boyfriend who I was so in love with and I had a great sex life with, but after him, I never felt fulfilled with any other man. Mm. And I finally found fulfilment. And in honesty, this petition in my brain to want romance and long-term relationship has been to my detriment. It's not been a good thing because it's meant that because I'm so intensely desperate to recreate what my parents had, mm. that love, that passion, that like energy that they had that I've that I've actively seeked out the wrong people and dated the wrong people, dated people who didn't want that. It's so interesting that because I in my head, it's like, because I have never seen like really healthy relationships, long-term relationships mm -hmm. modeled from either of my parents. Hearing that, I was like, oh wow, imagine if I had seen that modeled, no, no. would that have? But then also I had the twist of fate of my dad dying really, really mm -hmm. young, like dying in the middle of their love. So mm -hmm. not only like, do you see Traumatic. this model of love, but then you see the trauma of not only me, but my mum losing the love of her life. Mm. The man that she's been with since she was 17 or 18. Like the only, like her first boyfriend, everything. And um, so there was a weird twist of like- Do you think that could make you self-sabotage? Yeah, I think it made me go, you can have it, but it could fucking get mm. taken away so any time. Yeah. So that's why I'm actually attached. Do you find that your industry has accepted your queerness always? Like I know you talked about how you're, you kind of exude it on purpose because yeah. you want to normalize it and you want to like be proud of who you are and as yeah. you should be. Do you find that maybe when you had less of a presence or you you were less um, grounded in your job, mm -hmm. it was harder to be outward in that way? Yeah, I hid it. One of my friends and I both both gay and they're an actor and I'm a presenter and we both actively didn't we didn't hide it in the sense that if someone asked yeah. me, I wouldn't be like, I don't have a girlfriend. But we were actually, funnily enough, talking about this really recently and we were like, God, how beautiful is it that it's now a huge part of both of our careers mm. that we are queer? Like, and, but for a long period of time, I was terrified that it would stop me getting jobs. I was terrified that people mm. would. And back when I was just out, it probably would have affected mm. my career or it would have been pigeonholed as a gay presenter. The world has changed a yeah. lot, I would say. And it's like, Definitely. now it's celebrated. People want mm. me, you know, when I do shows and I do, like I was doing the Brits Red Carpet the other day and um, I had Joe Bags with his brother and Joe said, oh, he's single. And I went, oh, I'm a lesbian. And they clipped it and put it out because it's so funny. Yeah, because, yeah. But then 
think 10 years ago that would never no, have been never. clicked out and put on TikTok when TikTok but, didn't exist. But, but also I feel like we don't accept ourselves and obviously there are dangers in, sometimes in accepting yourself, like, like realistic dangers yeah. in the world. But most of the time when you are like so confidently yourself, people celebrate you because you allow them to be themselves. Yes, and, and they're so they're shocked. shocked. Jinx. Yeah. Um, they are so taken aback by my placidness about how I am. Mm. The moment I probably stepped into my queerness was the pandemic, when I stopped caring about what anybody mm. thought. I started Same. posting on Instagram the way I actually am, which mm. is a bit insane mm. and like being bonkers. And I, and I remember saying to my friend, I put this video out and she went, Harriet, do you think that's funny? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I think it's hilarious. Even if it's just me and you that think it's funny. Mm. Then all the people that follow you that don't think it's funny, unfollow you, bring in the followers that are gonna find that funny. Yeah. And I was like, the minute I started doing that is when my career started to take off, when I started to fully be myself. Mm. And I would talk about being gay. And I also would want straight people to be in the conversation mm. as well. Like Perry on my show made a joke. We were doing a show together and I said, oh, I love pickles. And he went, no, you don't. And and it's like, yeah, because he can make that joke yeah, yeah, because yeah. I talk about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want it to be normal and be like, you know, and I feel like it's the same for you because I know your journey with queerness was like a slow one in the mm. sense that you were like, wow, I can't. I yeah, can't, no. I can't think about this, let alone talk about it. I had so much internalized homophobia. Yeah. Well, like, we all, I think yeah. there isn't a single person that. Yeah, and I think I still I still have some, you yeah. know? Same. It's, it's hard to accept yourself in a world that tells you to be the opposite way around. Mm -hmm. I think especially when you're extroverted, announcing something is how you accept who you are. Yeah. Maybe for someone else who has a different personality type, it, it wouldn't, that wouldn't work. But for me, I have to make a music video about it. I have to make a song about it. You have to snog I've, a girl in a music video. I have to snog a girl in a music video. God, I wish I was a musician or an that actress. That makes me like so stressed. I have to do it. You know, like me and the director, who she was gay and I wasn't out. And she was like, well, should we do that? And I was like, that scares the shit out of me. Let's do it. Because yeah. someone watching it hasn't got there yet. And I've allowed them to feel a little more free. And on that point, mm -hmm. how do we create change in our everyday? Is it these big projects of like social change is it small acts of defiance what would you say i think you know on the note of grand gestures or small moments everything mm -hmm. encompasses together to create change so for example there are incredible figureheads and leaders of movements and change like monroe bergdorf mm. i also see you in that as a person that teaches and shows mm. and creates these huge moments but also like for example for me uh, the way I am as a presenter is I'm bonkers, weird, a bit kooky, a bit silly. So the way I'm going to make change is by talking about being queer and gay and mm. in scenarios where you wouldn't usually put it. So I'll talk to a rapper who's in an environment that's very heteronormative and very mm. and, and, and make him have a fun time or mm. her and, and, and enjoy that banter yeah. so that it becomes more normalized in the smallest way. So people watching it won't necessarily go, wow. She's really changed my yeah. mind. But they might just go, oh my God, it is quite funny mm. that she did that. I'm laughing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So is it that... must be okay. Yeah. And so for me, that's how I make a change because my, realistically, my followers aren't going to take in the political messaging mm. that I still do put up on my Instagram, but they're not going to take that in as much as me being satirical and saying, hey, mm. what about this? Hey, what about this? Um, so 100%. for me, and then also the small acts of defiance, I think for everybody... It's that moment of, hey, do you know what? You don't need to start a fight with that person who's racist, homophobic, transphobic. Mm. You can just get up and walk away. Mm. It's and either you walk away and protect your peace yeah. or you have a safe 
and healthy and I, conversations. And I think what I mean by the walk away is the smallest thing you can do, mm. but it's still an act of defiance. Yeah. In that, my friend said to me not to go back to dating, but she said to me the <laughs> other day because sometimes I want to over-explain myself, and she was like, "Silence is golden." Mm. Like you not explaining yourself and you not giving that person wise your friends. T- yeah, I know. Yeah, much more wise, wise than me. Very wise friends. I love it. Yeah. Because we all have that moment where you sometimes mm. go home and like, I wish I'd said something, mm. but I didn't. But then sometimes, sometimes you can't. Yeah. And as my mom said the other day, and she said her dad used to say it, there are many ways to skin a cat. Yes. And she was like, why would you even want to skin a cat? Also, please don't skin a cat. <laughs> no, don't want to skin a cat. So but much. the point is, is that, as you said, I think everything compounds together. There are many different ways to create change. Yeah. And we do need structural governmental change, but that also comes from changing minds in your everyday, having conversations, making people laugh, normalizing conversations that you wish you could have always had. And my mum taught me this thing. I was listening to a podcast about this girl was saying, I used to get so infuriated and be like, this is how it is. Mm. And men are the worst and blah, 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 blah. And it just didn't get me anywhere. Mm. All it made me look like was a little angry girl Mm. who didn't know how to articulate herself. Whereas my mum said to me, you know, remove the anger out of it and your point will come across so much more purely and strongly Mm. and make such a bigger impact. What I think is sometimes being emotional doesn't always help you get your point across. Especially as a woman. Yeah, and I think that it's very gendered because the fact that she couldn't assert herself in an aggressive way and not be listened to is because she's a woman. And I don't necessarily agree that she should have had to like articulate yourself differently. You have to sometimes- And I just used to, I didn't get that. I just used to scream and shout and be like, but you don't understand. Mm. And now- But also everyone's human. Someone who doesn't understand you, they don't understand you because their life experiences have led them to that point Mm -hmm. where they're so detached from themselves, they're so cornered into a box of conditioning. If it's heteronormativity, if it's like toxic masculinity, they actually didn't choose to be there. They have kind of found themselves there and they're actually more lost than you are. Yeah. So, So shouting at them doesn't help when they've already- It's just gonna be triggering. Yeah, they've already experienced all the trauma of being crushed into this box that makes them feel so sad about who they are. Yeah. You know, most people want to feel their emotions. They want to be able to cry. They want to be able to be honest. Yeah. Like that is part of being human. And equally, when you're angry and you're passionate, you should be able to show that in a, you know, healthy way. So that's why everyone who can and everyone who has access to it should go to therapy. Yeah. So my final question, Mm -hmm. what's your unique power? I feel like, I know you. I asked you the question, yeah. but on the point of the word that we can't find. It's that word. I feel like it's disarming people. Disarming. It's disarming people. That's the word, disarming. I was like, if I don't find this word. Yes. You disarm oh people. Oh my God, Poppy, you've remembered the word. I remember the word. And By being funny. And so then someone can't be homophobic or they don't yeah. want to because you're being hilarious. I really appreciate you saying that because I think that is my also my superpower. I agree. I feel like I can pretty much disarm anybody because I've disarmed Mm. fairly difficult people to disarm and someone said this to me the other day because I interviewed Paul Rudd and they were like I'd said something berserk at the beginning of the interview again doing the disarming Mm. thing which is what I do and he was like you just don't care do you about how famous someone is and I was like no see and he's probably so used to people being nervous and being 
I just and don't so it's care. Refreshing. But I don't care. Mm. Like who? Well, why are you any different it, to me? He's a person. So yeah, I would. I really take that as a compliment and thank you. And yeah, I think I agree. Disarming mm. people. I think it's a really big superpower because you allow people to be themselves. Yeah, and some when they don't do, always feel like they can be in any space, which is so nice. My dream is to make people feel good about themselves. Mm. That is revolutionary in itself. If everybody's dream was to make other people feel good about themselves, we would be a very happy world. Yeah. Right? Everyone's just like, we'd be loved up. Everyone be yeah. snogging. Yeah. Oh like my God, that'd be my dream. I love <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to The Power In Us, a podcast based all around the topics of my debut album. If you love what you heard, please subscribe and tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Big love. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.